Hi, Money Multipliers. Welcome back to another episode of the Money Multiplier Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Kessler, and this is a special little episode. So actually, uh, some of you may be viewing this on YouTube, um, because this is actually an episode that we broke out the camera, not just the audio. Um, And actually, I'm reporting live from Loveland, Colorado. So actually, we're we're driving up on uh, 34 North, I want to say. No, it'd be east, west. <laughs> yeah, you can see uh, I'm not great with uh, geography, but uh, but anyways, we, we were going uh, 34 west towards um, Estes Park. So so was in Loveland. Uh, woke up here this morning, and now we're just kind of making our way uh, west over there. And uh, anyways, today I just want to get into a fun little episode and topic. And this this topic has been really heavy um, with a lot of folks asking this sort of question, especially the types of people that are new to this whole world of the infinite banking concept. So um, anyways, before we dive into this, remember, if, if this is your first time ever hearing about this concept or seeing anything about the money multiple, supplier. I would pause the episode right here and I would go to www.themoneymultiplier.com, click on the resources tab, and uh, you'll find the presentation right there. So so start there just so that you understand the foundation knowledge of what's going on in this whole world and this concept. So all right, well, let's get into it. So one question that a lot of new folks, newer people getting into this is, well, Hannah, you know, yes, I get to determine my premium, but truthfully, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start on that premium. You know, what is a good place for me to start? Because truthfully, I always tell you that I'm never going to tell you how much dollars or premium deposits to contribute to your banking system. So what what does that mean? Really, that give, that makes us in responsible of determining that premium deposit that we want to contribute. And truthfully, the reason I do this is because, again, right, Nelson Nash calls this the infinite banking concept, and he calls his book Becoming Your Own Banker. So in this concept, you're disciplined. You are starting to be in control of your financial life. So start making those big decisions. Really start honing in on your financial life and and where dollars are going each and every month, and you'll start to quickly identify how and where to start that premium. So let me help you out though. All right. Because when I was 18 years old, I got my first policy. And at that time, I was actually a waitress at Cracker Barrel. Okay. And, and at that time, you know, the amount of premium that I'm contributing to my policies now is far greater than what I started out at 18 years old. 18, I was living on a waitress salary. I was, uh, uh, working at, at, as a wait, as a waitress living in Kansas city. And, and, you know, there wasn't a lot of disposable income for me to spend, but I started to notice, I was like, well, these policies, right? I mean, aren't they nothing more than just a glorified savings account. 
So Hannah, if you're putting away $400 a month into the traditional savings account down at the local bank, why not just start funneling that cash flow into your policy and start that there? So so truthfully, I started my first policy, $5,000 a year premium. That's just where I started. And, and I, I put my dollars into there. And that's really how I viewed really getting comfortable with this whole new idea of, of leaving my wealth with the insurance company rather than the conventional banks. So number one, for savings, that, that's what I like to look at. For savings, really it's forcing myself to save inside of this vehicle. But hey, the cool thing is, right, as soon as I make that premium deposit, I have cash now inside of that policy that if I needed it, I could dip in there and take out some dollars for it. So, um, and a little fun fact, actually, a lot of people ask me this. They say, well, Hannah, what did you use your first policy loan for? And, and at 18 years old, I had to use my policy loan to go buy a new MacBook computer. So, you know, and you, and you know those suckers are like $2,500. So I went into my policy, took out that loan, and I went and gave it to the, the Apple people. They gave me my computer. I gave them the, the money. And then now I started just to pay myself back and and really save up back inside of my policy again. Those were my loan repayments back to myself. So, okay, so where to start with premium? Number one, for savings. Number two, net income. You can kind of look at this one and the same as for savings, but, but this is what I mean. Net income, when you get dollars in, whether it be passive or active income, you are storing that wealth somewhere, right? Are you storing it into a qualified plan, a retirement plan? Are you storing it just down at the local bank? What are you doing with that left leftover extra cash at the end of the month? So let's assume maybe just... Uh, for example reasons, let's say that you bring in 5000 a month for income and your expenses are 3000 a month. So you're bringing in five, my expenses are going out, that's three. So I have an extra $2,000 left over at the end of the month. Where are you keeping all of that net income? Start funneling your net income through your policies. Because right, doesn't Nelson Nash teach us? He says the ultimate goal of what we're trying to reach is to have premium to equal income. So, so obviously, right, it's not an overnight process, okay? Nelson, in his book, he tells us it takes anywhere from 15 to 25 years to reach that goal, but as time goes on, we're building those stepping stones in the ecosystem uh, of banking policies that work actively together to get to that point of premium equaling income. So, net income, I, I like to look at, and, and truthfully, here's another tidbit for y'all. What I like to do at the end of each month is I will assess what's going on in my financial life. I look at the dollars that are coming in and I assess how much that I that I uh, paid out in those expenses for the month. And, and I kind of just see where I'm going. And actually a cool app that I've been using... I pay them five bucks a month to track all of this for me. Truebill. I really like that app Truebill because it really does show me, all right, Hannah, what are you spending this month? Is it more than last month? Is it, is it less than last month? And it really get, helps me track my dollars that are going out. So I, I, I recommend it. So uh, net income, okay? Now, let's talk about the third option. Let's talk about investment proceeds and cash flow. 
right? So a lot of you folks, you know, when, actually, let me say this. We go out and we teach at a lot of real estate conferences, um, a lot of the RIAs all across the country, and we like real estate folks because y'all understand cash flow, right? You understand the whole the whole game of, of, of cash flow, what's coming in from here, and how to properly leverage that debt to keep capitalizing your real estate business or whatever you're doing in those um, in that investment world. So here's an idea for you as well. Start funneling those investment proceeds through policies themselves. With those investment proceeds, don't just have them hang out at the bank. And on top of that, when I'm talking about like investment proceeds and net income, we can also even identify that this is kind of training us those good, healthy habits of how to use and 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 build more of our wealth in our financial life, right? Because if I have dollars that are coming in, I'm not just treating it as disposable income. I'm not just taking that money going down to Vegas and going to the casino with that money, right? So so I'm actively using this and pl- practicing those good habits and principles to keep building my whole wealth, my my whole entire portfolio here of what I'm doing. So let's recap. Four savings, net income, and investment proceeds. Lastly, let's talk about dump-ins. Okay, so here's another idea of folks that I talk to and when they're identifying how to design their policy, where to get the dollars from, and, and really strategizing that game plan. Let's talk about dump-ins real quick. Now, I have an episode that I did record about dump-ins. It actually was right around this time last year, last year in in August. And uh, you can go back a few episodes and and, and, uh, learn a little bit more about that. But let's talk about dump-ins in the sense of funding the premium with an extra dump-in into the policy. So, with the extra dump-in, right, or or actually let's start here. What is a dump-in? A dump-in into the policy is more than your ongoing premiums, right? So inside of your policies, you have those ongoing premium deposits that you're making year after year. Well, a dump-in is in addition to, it's on top of that. So like a lot, my real estate investors, well, they'll come to me and they'll say, well, Hannah, you know, I just had a really good year. I sold a property. I came into a windfall of $200,000. I know that I cannot keep making $200,000 into my policy each and every year, but I understand the importance of funneling those dollars through my policy so I never lose the interest that I'm earning on that money. So what we do is we design that policy for year one being that 200000 dumping into the policy. And then starting in year two, their premiums drop. It comes down a little bit lower, that more feasible, comfortable premium. So let me give you a real-life example. There, there's, um, there's a woman out in Phoenix, Arizona. She's a real estate investor, and this is her situation. Came into 200000 of windfall wants to funnel that windfall through the policy. Immediately, she's going in and she's taking out her loan money to go buy the next piece of property. 
When she does that, she's setting up an, it's either going to be an Airbnb or a long-term rental. So, so that one's still up in the air. But, but the idea behind it is I said, I, I said, Wendy, you know what you can do is with those ongoing premiums, let's make believe that you're going to collect 2000 a month from that piece of property. Start with your ongoing premiums being 2000 a month or 24000 a year as those ongoing consecutive year premiums premiums. So that's kind of to tie into what I'm talking about when using investment for proceeds to funnel that money into the policy. Um, another just quick example, dumping options. You know, some folks, you know, they'll have a boatload of money sitting at their savings account that's making them less than 1%. And, and again, to kind of go back to that forced savings, some people, they'll say, Hannah, I have about $60,000 sitting in my savings account earning me less than 1% and I'm just really not doing anything with this money. So in that sense, maybe I would suggest, all right, well, let's dump in that savings account. Let's liquidate the savings account because again, the policy is nothing more than just a glorified savings account, is it not? So so let's liquidate the savings account, put in that $60,000 dump in into the policy and then whatever you're already doing saving let's maybe say 10% of your income start funneling that 10% of your income into your banking system so there's a few ideas there to kind of get you started to grinding those uh, gears in our head to think about uh, where to start in our first initial policy and I hope this helped because honestly when I'm talking to you all day in and day out this is a, a very common question that comes up and I know it's tough because I know you want somebody to tell you, all right, I think you should do this amount. But the thing is, is we, with becoming your own banker, you are now taking back that control of your banking function and you should be in the know and be aware of what's going on in your financial life. And that's what we're here to help you do. So Anyways, that, that's really all that I had. I know this was just a short, sweet episode. Um, I will be back, though. I'm, I'm going to be on the road all uh, summer, and I'll start uh, finding cool little locations to report to you live from. So thanks for tuning in. Um, as of events coming up, uh, so really, uh, actually, Pops, you know, as of this week, he just was speaking out in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, and Appleton, uh, Wisconsin. Uh, I know next week we got to be out in Indiana. Indianapolis for some uh, work meetings, um, but nothing really else kind of going on in the month of August, but uh, we'll report back in September with some live events. Now, if you ever want to go see where we're going to be at, whether it be live or on a virtual webinar, go to our website, www.themoneymultiplier.com and go up on the top. You'll see that uh, you'll see events up there. Click on events and it'll show you what's going on in, in the um, uh, country, where we're teaching at. So, okay. Well, I will report back to you. Uh, we'll see where I land next. So thanks for uh, tuning in and joining me. And please, y'all, let me know if there's other topics you want me to dive in deeper and talk about. We're an open book. So I'll catch you next time. <laughs>